You're now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I can Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. So head over to the Sonic Breakdown and check out our reviews. Also, if you like, we would appreciate it if you gave us a five stars on iTunes. We love five stars. We'll take four, but we really love five stars. So uh, appreciate that. And uh, let's get right into it. Today is going to be sad, but it's going to be the last Rapture discussion, guys. It's the final one. It's going to be a wrap up of this whole documentary that Nas produced that was on Netflix. If you haven't, go check out one through eight where we break down each uh, episode and, and give some insight into each episode. So let's get right into it. And actually, before I get right into it, let me introduce uh, uh, our guest for this uh, episode. You've heard him on almost every Rapture discussion except one. And I give a shout out to Trav for doing uh, the Just Blaze one. Damon, Mr. Transman from Vibrations Podcast and for another Rapture discussion. So welcome, man. Going on, everyone. Glad to be back for this awesome wrap up of this whole documentary. I'm excited to see your overall view of the entire documentary in itself. So we're going to break down some of uh, several things, but so uh, let's begin by doing uh, just talking about some of our favorite scenes throughout the documentary. It doesn't have to be in any particular order. If you want to, you can, but uh, I'll say I'll start with one of my favorite scenes was seeing logic at the end uh, that's exactly what I written yeah, down. That the, that's the instantly the first the number one thing that popped into my head was was that scene at the end when he's when he's crying and he's just not tears of of sadness but joy and understanding of an accomplishment of a major accomplishment and understanding the work that it took to get there. Um, I thought was pivotal and uh, it's it's crazy that it's our for both of us and that's in the first episode. It was, it was that was a good way to lead it off with. I think. What about you? I, I agree. I think it's a fantastic way to kind of lead into this whole overview of what do we what do we as human beings mostly inclined to? We incline to emotion. That's what we incline to all the time when it comes to movies, film, etc., music. It's always the emotional part. So I do think this is a fantastic apex to start off with. That was one of my favorite scenes because we get to see a much more hu- humane side of them or the softer side, I should really say. Again, uh, for those of you that have not checked out the very first episode that we did uh, with the Rapture or with Logic, I I explained that I've always known about him. I've been a fan of his, but I've never seen a side like this in the documentary. And the fact that he's so humble and hardworking and he gets recognized for that and for everything that he's done. It really like hit home. And it really and I I remember saying that um, it felt like I was the one that got the award with that. So. I do think that that was one of my favorite moments of this entire documentary. Like once I saw that scene, it was already like, dude, I really like this already. This is going to be a fantastic documentary. So I'm glad that they started off uh, with logic and the fact that they, or I'm sorry, the fact that he uh, expressed his gratitude for being recognized for his achievements already off the bat in that first episode. And to me, I was like, that's fantastic. That was already one of my favorite scenes already. I say another one of my favorite uh, moments was with just blaze. And it was when he was telling the story about how his father, well, how his father and mother basically caught him messing with his dad's stuff. But instead of being mad at him, which he expected, they were happy that he was exploring his creative, his side and, and allowing growth in that 
you know, it just, and how they fostered his talent and they were champions for him trying to be as creative as he could be. Yeah, they and were like his cheerleaders on yeah. the sides. They were saying, no, 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 do it again. Keep going. Do it again. Yeah. Because, um, and, and the reason for that scene, why it was so impactful for me is because I don't think, especially uh, as we get older, I don't think we realize the impact that we have on, on the youth as much as we do. Really, adults have the most impact. Like, we do everything because of what we see or what we heard and, and how it had an effect on us. I'm doing this podcast as a result of my uncle, which I wrote in my first review for on the SonicBreakdown.com about uh, Kendrick's album. That album evoked memories in me of me sitting in, and it was the Tupin Butterfly album, the funk in it. It reminded me of sitting in his, he had a beanbag chair in his office and he had these big ass headphones. Well, they were really weren't big, but for my small ass head and being so little, <laughs> They like took up half my like each side took up half my head and listening to George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars, like that's what that album took me back to, and I still feel as a result of that me sharing music with him, that's what really drives my or, or helped champion me to one. That's why I'm so involved in music, so that's why I talk about it. That's why I review it. That's why we, the Sonic Breakdown is what it is. That's why the Stable Podcast is what it is because of that fostering in the music. And I like same thing with that that uh, Kendrick's second album, Untitled, of uh, uh, the violins in it. My aunt fostered that with uh, this uh, artist called Regina Carter. So parents have and, and adults have such an, a tremendous effect on on people, and that scene just kind of brought that back to me. So it was really impactful. Of like, wow, like, and it makes me want to be more mindful of how I interact with, especially youth, because we don't know what kind of effect that can have on them in the future. Yeah. Uh, adding on to that, sometimes when you don't directly do something, it affects them indirectly. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I really key to really watch what you're doing. And again, I don't think adding on to that too. I don't think we realize the impact that we do have on the youth as well. You definitely hit the nail right on the head on that one. One of my favorite scenes in no particular order was the scene that, well, it wasn't, in there, but T.I. explained it. It's the T.I. scene where he said he pulled over and joined the march. Mm. I really felt that it was impactful and it was a very powerful explanation of the event that took place. The fact that there's a rally outside and then all of a sudden, can you actually let me put it this way for the for the listeners listening. Can you imagine joining a, a small march, protest, whatever it is, right? All of a sudden, you're there for about 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 You've been, or you maybe been out there for a while. All of a sudden, you see this car roll up, and you see a artist that's got some clout come out and join you, like out of nowhere. He didn't even plan it. He he wasn't even the host of it. He just pulled up. Is like, you know what? Hold up, right quick. Get out of his car and joins them. I would feel like, damn, we really gonna make a move if we got him on our side. Like that was huge. That was one of my favorite scenes in that, because well, the whole for those of you again that listened to that that episode it was the whole about the it was the entire thing was mostly about uh, the black lives matter movement i'm looking at it as just the whole general aspect of just somebody with huge amount of clout and success come and join a march where it would pretty much shift a movement i was one of my favorite scenes um in the entire documentary particularly that episode too just to actually to piggyback off of you i, I wouldn't say that was a, one of my favorite scenes um or at least it, i didn't it didn't pop to mind when i was going through favorite scenes but one one from that same episode was the scene with ti and his son in the car and the conversation that they had and of kind of 
old guard, new guard, and how how that racial police brutality, institutional racism, and all of those uh, sy- systemic issues that were a result of America's original sin of, of slavery had an effect on, like I said, kind of old guard, new guard of and not saying, you know, T.I. is really Ogar because he didn't even live, you know, let's say in, in the 60s. So the, the reason why that's, like I said, the, the, of uh, America's original sin of slavery, of how it affects and is internalized from somebody that has seen it in a more defined manner than his son, a younger version that's seeing a different version of racism being uh, portrayed in media and in society. That, is, that difference I thought was impactful to me especially how he's checking because I think it's important as well as passing on that information of how to internalize it so it doesn't be internalized in a negative manner, you know, so, and, and understanding, understanding as well to a degree of, so you don't get taken advantage of either. Um, So that's what I took from that scene because that's how I took it as, that's why T.I. was asking him these questions. How are you internalizing this? How is this affecting you? Because if it's affecting you, in a devastating way where you're not going to strive to be better, strive to do better, strive to help others, then I need to redirect how I'm teaching and and what you what I'm doing. And as well from the son's perspective of this is how it's making me feel, help guide me into the direction I need to be in because you know more than I do, especially in regards to this. My One of my favorite scenes also was, I have two extra ones here. One of them is um, the Rhapsody one where the grandmother, where they were sitting down on the table and the grandmother wanted her to do uh, counting, and, uh, but she, Rhapsody, wanted a rap. The reason that was one of my favorite scenes is because the fact that somebody from the outside of what you want to do tries to say, hey, uh, I, I want you to do this, or I think you should do this. A lot of people, let's be real, they will gladly oblige to what is being instructed to them to do or what they think their parents think that's what's best for them to do. Mm -hmm. But she did her due diligence, kept her foot down, and wanted to do what she wanted to do. Look what happened. If can you imagine if she did not, she would not even be here. We wouldn't even know who she is. So the fact that she's able to stay on course with that, even though people are saying, Don't do that. You're not gonna do good. Or nah, we feel you better off doing something else. She's like, no Fuck that. I'm going to I'm gonna go to the ground running with this one. This is what I want to do. She put in the hard work. She put in all of her time, her blood, sweat, and tears all into it. And then look where she's at now. So I really like that resiliency. That's yeah. the strength. And and just to add on that, Rhapsody, uh, there, there's a particular scene from that episode that I took as well. But uh, to touch on that scene is, I, I think for me, the key for that scene and what you said there was not only that she... Because her her honor, the her grandmother or was whoever said it, I forgot who said it had good intentions. There wasn't she wasn't saying it to try to doubt her or or to bring her down. She thought that that's what would be best. That doesn't mean because because there's people that will say that because they have their own securities about they don't think it's possible to do. I don't think that's where her aunt, the person that said that to her was coming from. They just saw from history you're more it's it's more successful to be an accountant. That's like. Saying to a bat, you're trying to be a basketball player. Yeah, the chances are low. Yeah, we get it. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But the second part to that as well is the amount of hard work that she put into it to make it go through. She didn't just say, "I want to do this," and I'm going to ignore what I could be financially stable with as an accountant or uh, what society necessarily wants me to do. That kind of nine to five. 
but I'm going to put in the time and the work as well as do the do what it takes to to make it happen, which is she knew that she didn't have all the answers. So she went to Ninth Wonder, who had more answers than she did, and she took the advice that he gave her, and that made her better to get to the point where she's at. I think that's also important because you can be so stubborn or, or um, set that you might not allow the influence of others that might help you get there. As like you said, you, you got to go together. The scene that I took from the Rhapsody episode to me that was so, that, that resonated with me and my favorite was the sacrifices that she, when she was talking about the sacrifices that she made and the time that it took her to get there. Just understanding that like, really, it's not just the fact that you want something bad enough. You can want something bad enough all day, but are you going to willing to put in the work long enough to really get to there? Uh, of course. That, that was, to me, really key to that for me for that episode. Is there any other favorite moments or that really stuck out to you from the documentary? Or For me, I don't have really any other ones that really, really stick out. You know, there were a lot of great scenes, but those were the ones that really, really were poignant. No, for me, those the scenes that I mentioned, I think, were adequate enough. What was your favorite episode, actually? I actually have a few. I don't really have one that really sticks out the most. I have I have a couple here. I'll just kind of give a little basic reasoning as to why I like those episodes. I think will be fantastic for the breakdown here. Okay. First off is the logic one. This isn't in no particular order, even though it will look like it is. I've been a fan of his, and I really like how it breaks down his background in this episode. It shows his passion for hip-hop, hardworking, and kind of a down-earth person. I like how it shows the person aspect of logic for me i took away that the most with that episode i think they did a fantastic job in breaking down his struggles his uh his rise and then uh the whole thing the ending scene i think kind of was like the little cherry on top to kind of like finalize i'm like damn that's a good episode and this is only the first one i really like that one kind of set the tone for me i really like that one the most not the most but that's one of them nas and dave east i mean shit it's nas (laughs) we <laughs> gotta put it that way, man. I'm obviously a huge fan of Nas, as explained in episode two of this um, of uh, the podcast here. Davies is kind of similar to Nas in terms of the style to me. Upcoming artist, I like how uh, it was structured from his background and his his rise to it. It's kind of similar to the logic in terms of the background and the, the sort of the theme of the documentary. This Day Woke podcast episode is sponsored by Triple Apex. At Triple Apex, they know the importance of a healthy, active, and safe sex life for women. And living in an environment where an understanding, knowledge, and respect of women, sexuality is essential for this. Visit TripleApexForWomen.com to check out their products. Again, that is TripleApexForWomen.com. Or just click the link in the description below. Another one is the TI one. That one was a little bit, probably the most to me one of the most different ones i like this one uh mostly for the fact that it's uh fighting for the black lives matter movement so it's bigger than just them and i believe that that's also because my personal belief we should all live in harmony so i think the message that ti is trying to um give off to people is like hey you know yes this documentary is cool but hey you know we got some other more important stuff that we gotta we still have lots to work on so i like that one the Just Blaze, this one was one of the most unique ones because this shows the inside look and the details of how a producer is or a DJ. And that's something that I am considering doing down the road. So seeing how the breakdown of, uh, of it 
how he's uh, messing with his dad's programming stuff uh, when he was a kid to his, his dad passing away um, that impacted him and uh, him meeting up with DJ Mustard at the end of that. He just really wanted to, to understand from uh, DJ Mustard's place of why he makes his beats how he does. Because I remember uh, in the scene where just Blaze was getting interviewed. He was like, man, that just irked me. I wanted to go over there and be like, what are you doing with that bass line? I just kind of wanted to like, no, you got to do this, 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 this. Yeah, but he came from such a... sound. Yeah. He wanted to come from a better place of understanding as to why DJ Mustard came from where... Or came from that place of why he made his music. So the fact that he was wanting to unpack how DJ Mustard thinks when he makes his beats. So I, I like that. I like the whole structure of that. How open-minded he was. He's- yeah, exactly. And the last one I really liked was the Boogie with the Hoodie one. I liked how the episode showed a touch of his background mixed in with how he treats uh, closest to him. And the Gary V also, too, because I am a fan of Gary V. I follow him on Instagram, too. I really like his motivational posts. So the fact that he is talking to him shows, like, okay, he, he's definitely serious. I like that about him. And he's a young and upcoming um, hip-hop artist. I mean, shit, he's, he's the same age as, um, as my uh, podcast host, Jordan. Mr. Vibes, he's literally the same age. I'm 22. They're born the same year. So I'm thinking if I'm like comparing kind of Jordan and him, I'm like, that's similar. That's somebody who I want to partner with. That's awesome. That's good that he's doing that because he's going to get places. So those five got to be my favorite of the uh, eight of the whole thing. So pretty much majority of it. For me, I would say Rhapsody, the Rhapsody episode was number one. As I stated, and when you listen to that episode, you can just tell again, because out of all of them, with with the exception of, of Nas, I really enjoy her music the most too. So I resonate with her music and I knew the most about her, again, outside of Nas. So yeah, Rhapsody's episode, it just felt very personal and I really enjoyed confirming or feeling the confirmation of the person you believe somebody to be checks out to be the person you, you thought they were. Uh, again, we of course don't know these people, but all you can go off is by the images and the information you're given. And so far it seems consistent. That episode really, again, resonated with me. I'd say my second favorite episode, Just Blaze. Uh, and the reason, again, I said for that, um, based on what I what you just heard about how I felt about the resonate, how it resonated with me from the personal level, that as well as just the inside, I, I like that information. I like the creative process. I like, I like learning that. I like uh, experiencing that. Those are the things I enjoy. And I felt like, as you stated, uh, he brought us into that world of production. I'm a producer, not uh, in that regard, but just is that idea of, of building something. I, I just really enjoy I, I really like that aspect. And that one, it gave us that. As you said, to me, to me, that was the most, that and the TI one were the most different. After, so yeah, we'll go Rhapsody, Just Blaze. After Rhapsody and Just Blaze, then my third favorite episode would probably be TI. And because of the social impact that it had and it was trying to portray the last I'll say out of my favorites, um, the other ones kind of just kind of blend together outside of certain themes that I took was uh, the Logic one. Just because, again, I knew a lot about Logic. I really enjoy his music. And I felt, even though he's out there, as I said before, there were little things about his inner workings with, uh, or his business mindset that I don't feel we're as entitled to on his other on other platforms. That scene when he was talking with about the managers of how he's like, basically... I'm going to hold you accountable. I don't think we really get to see that more business savvy aspect of it in other platforms. So I thought that was really interesting. And then the other ones kind of just kind of run together. Um, in essence, A Boogie with the Hoodie, uh, 
what I'll say, I guess I would put that next. And the reason why I put that next is because I kind of felt it capped off. And this is kind of bleeding into the documentary as a whole, which we'll, we'll move into next. I felt like this whole documentary basically can be interpreted as a guide for a young artist because it shows you different avenues on which you can take to get to said level of fame, said level of success, as well as how different avenues on how you need to keep that work-life balance. And then because I feel like A Boogie, and I, and I really think the way that they capped it off of ending it with A Boogie with the hoodie was so important because it broke down. We got everything else that you needed to know about the game, in essence, and they capped it off with make sure you have ownership. Make sure you own your own rights. Make sure you own your own masters. Make sure you own your own merchandising rights. Things of that nature. After you already, Logic told you how to, the, the personal aspect and, and the mental aspect. Davies and Nas told you about how to manage the hood politics and how to manage giving and, and, and still having for yourself. G-Eazy showed you that international aspect of it. Uh, Rap City showed you the personal aspect of it and staying humble and staying grounded. Um, Just Blaze showed you the production aspect of it, of how to make great music, how to make great sounds, how to complete the whole process. Because he also showed you not only the way of making the beats, but at the end of of how that beat comes into compilation with um, West Side Gunna and um, uh, Conway the Machine, of giving them advice on like, oh no, you should do this part on the track just to help elevate it here. So that's the complete process of making the song. Some insight about the the deeper content with Killer Mike and Nas, uh, with the Black Power, White Powder um, song. And then you end it again, like I said, with the knowledge and ownership that Boogie, ha- that you need to have when coming into the game. So I felt like if you take all of that information together, you wrap that up, you pull out the pieces that are pertinent to you, you have your guide to how to get there. So that's kind of how I viewed this documentary as a whole. What about you? Quite honestly, I would never have thought that uh, you broke it down like that. It's literally like one giant message is broken into different segments and the deliverance is different, but they all have messages in there to, like you said, there's different avenues and ways to go about it. Just the overall theme for me, I guess when I hear documentary, it's supposed to be information about something, a specific topic. Mm -hmm. So to me, I just kind of just took it as is as a regular documentary about the person's history and all that. I never looked at it as a huge message to take away from it. I'm, I'm very like simplistic. So when something's brought to me, I'm like, I just take it as is like, okay, you're showing me a black chair. Okay. Well, what about it? What else is about it? Uh, sometimes I, I really need to like dig deep and really find out the reason why they show me a black chair instead of a white one. Why not this one? I'm just kind of very simplistic like that, but that's just kind of my overall theme with it. But that was very good how you broke that down. I never, I never looked at it that way because now I'm like, holy shit, then I should watch every documentary that I know and figure out the entire theme if it's broken down like kind of how this one's structured. Mm-hmm. So you've really o- o- definitely opened up the, a, um, you definitely flicked the switch of the light in my head like, oh crap, I didn't even think about that. Did not even think about that. Yeah, like I said, to me, like I said, it's basically a, a guide to hip hop. How, how to how to make it, how to make it in it, how to make it through it, and still be balanced. The last thing I want to say, the question I want to ask before we get out of here is if they were going to do a second Rapture or a Rapture 2 or a Rapture 2.0 documentary, what artist would you want them to, would you think would be fitting? Sure. The first one that came to my mind was kind of underrated Chance the Rapper. 
I sort of like his flow. Not sort of. I do like his flow. But I like one particular song is um, oh, It's All Night featuring uh, Knox Fortune. I think it would be interesting to kind of see. He's around my age. So he's kind of in that upcoming sort of bracket. I mean, all the other artists minus Boogie with the Hoodie, they're relatively older, except Davies. He's actually my age, too, around there. I don't know. I kind of like it. I, it apparently, I, I kind of like did a little research on him. Teachers didn't do well with his aspirations to become a musician. Uh, apparently, he actually got suspended from school for 10 days and uh, for having possession of cannabis. So during those 10 days, he recorded his mixtape called 10 Day. So during that time period, instead of him just being like, uh, I'm just going to chill, whatever, he was already focused on, oh, I can use this time to go build something. I think that would be a good overall theme for him to use in the documentary saying, use your time wisely. Go ahead, use that time to um, make something. Do uh, put, your, put your nose to the ground running. Do something with that extra time that you have. Don't just rest on your laurels. And also, uh, apparently, The Coloring Book is the first streaming-only album ever to win a Grammy. And streaming is huge right now. We're, we're, we're kind of going less of CDs and CDs. We're now going to streaming now, mm-hmm. which is, that's how... Um, Logic in the, the first episode, he got 300, was it 300,000 or 3 million downloads or something like that on uh, Spotify? He was on there. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was quite a lot. I think that for an up and coming artist, I think that would be huge. I, I think it would be a great addition to this documentary. Another one, if you're talking about just in, just in general and not upcoming, maybe some uh, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, 21 Savage, Big Sean, The Weeknd. I think those would be pretty ideal candidates. The actual person that I would want to see would be uh, Kid Cudi, even though he's more established, of course, but just he's just a very interesting person. And I think it'd be interesting to see the inner workings of how more and it doesn't necessarily have to be personal because, again, that might be difficult, but uh, just to create a process. I guess another up and coming young person that I could think of, um, Isaiah Rashad off of uh, TDE. Just because uh, I enjoy his storytelling and I think he, the way that he he raps and where he's from, I think he's from Tennessee, I believe, is a different perspective and we don't hear much stories from, uh, especially rappers from Tennessee. Uh, I just think that would give a different, it would kind of be, to me, that would be like my, my Rhapsody of that episode just because it's different and it would, I think it would be more personal. The other person that I would want is... Uh, and is ASAP ASAP Rocky just because of the fashion aspect of it? Because I think that's that's another aspect that hip hop is is gravitating to, and hip hop's been in for a while, but it's gravitating to being way beyond just music and just uh, the streams of revenue that we typically think. Like Gary Vee said, alcohol. Well, no, we're branching out to Sprite clothing lines, uh, high end clothing lines, sunglasses, freaking water. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, so different avenues and and fashion being one of those where they're really trying to set the tone with Kanye West, you know, ASAP Rocky, really trying to be like real fashion designers, uh, Pharrell, as well as others. And I think seeing from that perspective, I think would add that, you know, don't be boxed in, don't be pigeonholed to the standards that society has kind of set for hip hop artists. You can branch into everything. Freaking Rihanna is doing makeup, shoes, shit, everything. And, and that's going out the selling out quick. So don't just think that you have to be in those certain markets. That would be the artist that I would, I would put on there just quickly off top. Branch out, baby. So I want to say thank you to everybody out there that's listening and, and followed us for this entire Rapture discussion. 
Uh, let us know what you thought about the Rapture discussion. Let us know what you thought was your favorite and which one you thought was your least, as well as which episode of the Stay Woke podcast Rapture discussion you liked the most and who you think should be on the next Rapture uh, documentary. And I want to say thank you again to Damon, Mr. Transman from Vibrations Podcast for uh, stopping by and having a discussion with us and uh, doing all of them except uh, the Just Blaze one, as well as shout out to Trav for doing that one as well and giving us that East Coast perspective for that one. For sure, D-Ray. Thanks for having me. It's definitely been a fun ride doing these before. This is kind of my first time ever being on another podcast, obviously aside from my own. So I can't wait to see what future endeavors you and I are going to be indulged in. Um, Also, for the viewers out there, again, check us out at www.vibrations.net, V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-Z.net. You can check us out on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram, all under Vibrations Podcast, spelled the same way with a Z, not an S. And as you guys know, well, first of all, please, uh, again, we do appreciate those five stars on iTunes as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. We appreciate that as well. And if you like what you hear on the YouTube channel, hit us with that thumbs up. We love thumbs up. Not so much the thumbs down, but we love the thumbs up. So uh, we appreciate that. And um, you know our motto, live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. And we're out. Uh